Welcome to the Vitality Coach Podcast with the Mojo Maker and host Nikki Fogden Moore, the Vitality Expert, dedicated to helping you be the CEO of your business and your life with special industry and life leading guests, top tips on how you can create that magical blend of healthy, wealthy, and wise for CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, and people who do things with their life. Hi guys, welcome back to the Vitality Show, the Vitality Coach Podcast, and of course, Vitality Coach TV. And I'm very excited about my guest today for a number of reasons, some of which I just can't state on the show, just as PG rating. Uh, <laughs> but Chris Lockhead, co-author of Play Bigger, and also the master behind the Legends and Losers podcast, which I've put many of my listeners onto. Welcome to Vitality Coach TV. Nikki. It's so great to see you, love. How are you? I'm really good. I often tell the story of what I call the Tim McGraw or the Grav Macar because I can never remember the name of um, self-defense, Israeli self-defense lesson. Let's just go with the Tim McGraw. I like that. <laughs> so just listeners if you and viewers, if you watch this, I just want to give you a little anecdote. I met Chris on the Motu Island and we were talking about you know the power of self-defense and, and just kind of coming up with some moves. And you've got how many black, white, purple belts under your belt? I, uh, I'm actually not a belt collector, but I let's just suffice it to say I can handle myself. Exactly. So I asked Chris to give me some, to give the group a little bit of some sneaky moves for our busy lives at the moment where we always have to be aware. So what was it? The Israeli martial arts self-defense thing, which is so powerful and I can never remember the name of it. It's Krav Maga. Krav Maga, which I have nicknamed Tim McGraw for some reason. <laughs> yeah. We were doing some Tim McGraw on the beach. Yeah. And I think I hit you on the nose. Yeah, you did hit me. That's right. You gave me a good whack. <laughs> well, I don't I listen. know that there was any real bruising or anything. It was definitely a good whack. Let me say, you whacked me a lot harder than I whacked you. Yeah, well, I'm a good student. So guys, it's really a, a privilege. I love having people that do things with life on my show and people that are influencers and create an impact and just say, you know what, I'm going to be a conscious human on this planet. So Chris, I'd love you to give our listeners and viewers just your two-minute intro to how amazing you are and what you do and what your mission is in life at the moment. Well, mostly I'm just trying to be the half the man my mother thinks I am, but or mother thinks I, w- I should be, something like that. But um, I'm a, uh, a small e entrepreneur. I started my first company after getting thrown out of school at 18. And uh, ultimately, I um, became the head of marketing for three publicly traded technology companies in uh, Silicon Valley. I grew up in Canada and moved to Silicon Valley about uh, 21 years ago. And uh, the last company I was with as head of marketing was a company called Mercury Interactive. And we sold the company for about $5 billion to Hewlett Packard. And that makes Hewlett Packard my favorite company of all time. And after that, I retired for the first real time. And uh, and then ultimately ended doing a, a bunch of coaching and consulting uh, for startups and venture capital firms and and started a fr- I started a business with two friends called Play Bigger. And so did between independent advising and sort of the work we did at Play Bigger, roughly a 10-year run there. And then the three of us and another genius named Kevin Maney wrote this book called Play Bigger. And we broke down this discipline called category design in the book. Anyway, so we wrote the book. The book came out in June of 2016 and I retired. And now um, I'm mostly retired and I have this passion in my life called Legends and Losers, my podcast. And we can talk about that if you like. And you know, I spend a lot of time with my family and I live in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. So you know, when there's waves, I surf. I surfed this morning. 
And, uh, you know, I still do a little bit of speaking and I still do a very little bit of work with a, with a few companies, but generally I'm, I'm mostly retired and doing legends and losers. And I think that, you know, we're going to do a few episodes together, but one of the things that is crucial in my personal coaching, also what I do with, with leaders and founders is we talk about life after awesome. I think everyone builds up this expectation. They chase titles and there's certain society about getting a role and working through the ranks and having your businesses. And what happens to a lot of people once they've ticked all those boxes and, for example, they might be moved on or there's a change of guard or maybe they even just retire, you know, it's having a sense of purpose and a tenacity to stay relevant and decide what to do next. So what would be your advice for anyone that feels that they've kind of, you know, they don't get the invites to the party anymore and and they've made it and then they look up and they think, wow, I've kind of lost my mojo. I had all this amazing things that I thought I was working for. And is this it? I think a lot of people are going through, holy crap, I wish I looked up a little bit earlier and enjoyed the journey because I'm not defined by the title that I had. Yeah, it's such a powerful question. And you know, you never see anything or hear anything really in the world about, okay, so what, a- what, what happens after you win? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's all about winning. It's all about getting to whatever this place is. And then if you get to whatever your definition of that place is, well, then what the F, yeah. right? We, we don't talk about that. And so here's the thing. In a lot of ways, life, as you know, Nikki, is about how we identify with ourselves and who we are for us. And so I think a challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of senior executives, of course, I have no experience being a woman. So I, I don't know if- It's not what I heard, be. but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's amazing that doctors are, you know, it really, it's, these Asian doctors can do things that uh, you can't get done in America. But uh, no, I've been confused about a lot of things in my life, Nikki, but that has not been one of them. (laughs) True, true. Um, Anyways, keep going. So is how you define yourself, who you are for yourself. And so if who you are is I'm a CEO or I'm a CMO or I'm a UFO or whatever the F you think you are, and I understand how deeply you can be that. I mean, I identify deeply as that. I did, you know, almost nothing else or very little other things in my life for, you know, from age 18 to 38. So I understand how that happens. That said, to get back to your question, I think it's about building and designing a life and therefore an experience and therefore your identity and experience of yourself that's broad. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and so, I want to pa- I want to pause you on that because I think that your philosophical filter that you have and your ability to see outside the box and look around the corners is something that you might take for granted. But a lot of people are just inside the rank and they are on the treadmill and they we don't teach people how to look around the corners. We teach people to go to uni and we teach people to think and apply for jobs and get the mortgage and the house and the bigger car and the three kids and the dog and boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, unless you've got a curiosity about life, you kind of can get stuck in the treadmill. And I think that one of the things that you and I should always remember is that we're blessed with a different aperture. We're blessed with a what if aperture rather than a holy shit aperture. You know, like we don't feel that life defines us. We want to be in control. So I love when you talk about this broader aspect and you talk about finding yourself. Most people don't even think about those words until they've had a major breakdown or something sideswipe them. 
well, that's a bummer, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> because but that, you know that is a bummer. But so that's what the show is about: is saying wherever you're listening right now, if you're driving and you're listening to this, or you're watching us, and you're in your office and you're on your iPad, Chris and I want you to stop, and we want you to think you are in the driver's seat of your life. And these tools that Chris is going to now come out with, even though I rudely interrupted him, is because I want to make the point. I don't. Oh, want you, you rudely to interrupt me anytime you like, there, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want our listeners to not just absorb content. I want them to take it and do something with it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, listen, I think it's very easy for us to be lulled to sleep. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting, Nikki, I was talking to uh, Matt Johnson, the producer of Legends and Losers, about this this morning. I will forever be fascinated by looking into, by examining, by having a conversation or a dialogue about those moments in tru- uh, moments of truth we all have in our life where either as a result of something we did or as a result of how life is turning out, how whatever it is, we face a moment of truth where we need to decide who we're going to be. And some people stand up and that defines them and some people crumble and that defines them. But there are these moments of truth. And so I'm always fascinated by what is it that people do in those moments and how we collectively over a lifetime make the choices to be who we become or to not become who we could become. And so can I give you a for instance? I'd love a for instance. We're about to drop an episode of Legends and Losers with one of the most inspiring men I know. His name is Will Little, and he lives in Philadelphia. And he grew up on the streets of Philadelphia and ended up in a gang. And the net of it is, Will has been convicted of murder three, and he served 10 years for that. And Will Little is one of the most intelligent, deeply committed, uh, inspiring, uh, talented human beings you're ever going to meet. And what Will shared with me is when he was in prison, a place that for the most part makes criminals better at being criminals. And I asked Will about that, and he said that is what happens in prison. So it's not just a myth. But more importantly, he made a decision that he grew up without a father in a really shitty way, and that wasn't okay. And his girlfriend at the time was pregnant when he went into prison for murder. And he said, I am not going to do that to my son. And he made a decision in prison to become a man and to educate himself. And it's an incredibly powerful story. And so my point is, That's a super dramatic version of it, but we all have these moments in our lives. And in those moments of truth, we make a decision about who we're going to be. And we design our life in those moments, those moments of truth. And I will forever be fascinated by the people for whom those moments make them and the people for whom those moments break them. Oh, just, I mean, absolutely. And I've got goosebumps listening to this because, you know, a third, I think of all my coaching and and support behind the scenes is with people who, what happens after you win, but what happens after you fail and giving people the toolkit to you're at that crossroads, but it's a split second. You know, it's a defining split second. It's why we wanted to name the show Legends and Losers. There's no such thing as a legend who's not a loser. Yeah. And that's the- And Will Little- it's incredible. Will Little, on one hand, his life is defined by that. I mean, he, he's a barber today, and his, the thing that he loves to do the most is public speak. He's a poet, and so he live performs his poems, and he gives these insane motivational speeches. Like To call him a motivational speaker 
is not does not do justice to what happens. Like it, it, he's a transformational speaker, I guess, is what you might think of him as when you're and actually he doesn't need to say I was about to say the S word. He doesn't need to say anything. How good am I being the speaker word or the shit word? Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, we're allowed to say that one, but we, we're not okay. dropping F-bombs today. I mean, it's hard, so, but we were on our best behavior. I'm on my best. This is as good as I get. I'm a pirate. <laughs> but so Will doesn't need to say shit. When he's in the room, he radiates. He's his face, his smile. Uh, anyway, so on one hand, of course, he's defined by that insofar as who he is in life now is someone who wants to teach peace. Yeah. Right. So from that perspective, you could say his life was defined by it for sure. However, his life is not being defined by that. If you know, on the other hand, if you know what I'm saying, right, he is not sitting in jail feeling sorry for himself. He transformed himself and now he lives every day of his life with a commitment to do as much good in the world as he can. And so that decision, that loser to legend decision that makes us or breaks us decision, whether it's as dramatic as Will's situation or, you know, much less dramatic, like maybe yours or mine or, you know, but for all of us, it seems dramatic at the time. There are these situations, right? And they make us or break us. And I'm always fascinated by those moments of truth in life. And I'm always fascinated by it's only through losing that we learn you know, if you'll allow me to be so corny, you know, to discover our inner legend as, as corny as that is, that was it's, pretty bad. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's particularly corny. I think that, you know, I think when we, when we want to look at people that talk about inspiration and now because of social media, I call it generation exhibition. It's like, look at me and here's me here and here's me hugging Dalai Lama and everything else that goes on. And I think that what we don't see is this authentic struggle that people go through on a daily basis. So when you start bringing up the discussions, whether it's a divorce, a failed marriage, collateral damage, or building your business, you know, most of the founders and the, the C-suite that I deal with, they've gone through one or two marriages because they, there was no toolkit on changing the script as you go. So it doesn't matter who you see that looks looks like they've got their act together on the outside, they've probably clawed their way there. And I think for Life After Awesome, whether you're listening to this and you're just driving because you're a middle management, you answer the phone somewhere, we're all leaders in life. It does not matter. What defines you is what you do with your day. We have the same number of minutes in the day as Richard Branson, as Beyonce, as Chris Lockhead, as, as Will Little, as myself. So what are you going to do with that time? Because you will never let's have Let's talk more some time. more about Beyonce. Yeah, let's not <laughs> for now. Otherwise, that's a whole other episode. But but this is, <laughs> this is the thing is that when you get up in the morning, you have a decision every day. It's not, you don't need chaos to get to make a decision and to design your life. It can I want to encourage people to go on a smaller basis on a daily basis to create lasting habits where their daily activities create a ripple effect. So you're not waiting for one big thing to create momentum for a life that you love. You're actually leading now. I think that's very important. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Uh, tomorrow is promised to no one, right? Yeah, and I think so, you know, life And in after- some ways life is easy. You know, if you just say, well, Go out in the world and make a difference. Yeah. But people don't know what that is anymore. I mean, they don't look up from their phones. They We talked about this on the panel show that I have about the sense of blending digital detox with the art of connection and this world that we're now in. And I think the, the first and foremost thing is don't wait for a catastrophe to figure out what your purpose is and to figure out what kind of man or woman you're going to be or what kind of parent you're going to be or what kind of leader you're going to be. Be conscious. Make a decision now and plan. Don't just think that everything's going to unfold. You need to be in charge. You need to be curious. We, I 
I think we need to stop being sheep. So if you're not in control of your personal finances, get curious about it. So people's fear of what the unknown prevents them from looking around the box, if you like, looking at, I've, I've got the title, what next? So fulfillment and happiness are just as important on a daily basis as big milestones, right, Chris? Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, what's a milestone? Yeah. What is a milestone? Getting up for some people is a milestone at the moment. Just getting up, really. You know, but you said like titles and look, I get it. You know, I had some big titles and that was important to me at the time. And, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, I don't think we can diss that because that's, you know, what, you know, until you know, otherwise that's what helps you move forward. Yeah. But I think there's, you know, we just dropped an episode with this amazing guy. You should have him on your show. I'm happy to introduce you to him. His name is Tony Chan. He's an entrepreneur and venture capitalist in Boston. He's actually from he's actually from Newfoundland, Canada. And he's just a magical guy. He, he's written this new book called Good People. And I think the subtitle is The Only Decision That Matters or something like that. And this guy is unbelievable. And to the discussion we're on here, he talks about hiring and he talks about the distinction between are we hiring for, I think these are the words he uses, qualifications or character. Yeah. Ooh, this is like, oh, don't, I'm trying yeah, not to get segued right? because like that's no. a whole different ball game. Yeah. No, but what I, so what I'm saying is if you go back to where we were, because it may feel like a non sequitur, but at least in my well, crazy it is. brain. It's no, 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 it's totally No, no, but here, totally here's how connected. it connects back. So when you get the big title, that's great. You get that thing called positional power, mm-hmm. right? So it's a chief marketing officer of a billion dollar software company. I have a budget. I have a signing authority. I, you know, I can hire and fire people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is truly positional power. You know, when you're the secretary of state of the United States, you have positional power, right? A judge has positional power, a police officer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, if I think, and I, I don't mean to be holier than thou about this, but I think if you pay attention as somebody who achieves positional power, what you begin to realize is it's very shallow power and that the most powerful power, if you'll allow me, is who you are how you interact with other people, yeah. how you treat other people, the quality of your ideas. Do you execute the way you say you're going to execute? Do you understand the difference between results and no results plus an excuse? Are mm. you someone that can be counted on in a foxhole? Are you someone who is committed to being smart? Are you someone who's committed to getting to the outcome or the answer as opposed to you being personally right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're that kind of a person, then what you begin to realize is that kind of a person with or without positional power has the most power because they're present and they earn whatever acceptance for their ideas or behaviors or information, or whatever it is they're participating in, their skills, if they're building something, whatever it is, they're accepted by the group because of who they are, as opposed to positional power that they have. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that that is the strongest thing we can ever give anyone is to tap into a congruence 
between your personal self and your professional self combined. And that's why I always talk about work-life blend. I think what happens when people go into senior positions is they switch off their values, their integrity, and their personality because they get vulnerable and afraid of making mistakes. But actually, I have a C-suite triangle that I use with all my corporates. And it said the top thing that defines the most lasting success is a values-based operation personally and professionally for the organization. And if we can't stand in our light and lead by example and lead from within and be a present leader and be humble and be connected and be engaged, then all we're doing is, you know, becoming something that could be passed on paper. So the essence of life after awesome or life while you're leading other people is actually blending your qualifications and your character at once and growing. Like I like to say, evolve, don't resolve. We're continually evolving. We're continually bringing in just this conversation alone as an evolution for sparking ideas and and different connections. And, you know, I think in terms of a panel discussion, we need to encourage people to be brave and to bring as leaders their personalities into their day-to-day environment and not shut the door at home. And I just want to give you an example, Chris, talking of collateral damage, a lot of people, guys come home from work or women or whoever it is that, and you come in the door and your partner goes, how was your day? And you go, fine. You've effectively shut down any form of conversation and connection because you're not sharing, well, today today I had a couple of really good meetings and I took the chickens out and, you know, my team are kind of, you know, they're kind of lazy at the moment, but we had a bit of an M&M session and I threw M&Ms at them all day until they move faster. So that went well. Uh, You know, so we don't allow a dialogue and we think we have have to compartmentalize our personal selves from our professional selves, but true leadership, true enlightened leadership, which by the way is the title of my next book, is is all about transformational leadership, which is showing your battle scars, your vision, your vulnerability, your integrity, values, your qualifications, and your character combined. Full stop. Whew. I think after that, I need a scotch, a cigarette, and a towel. And <laughs> ah, uh, one of those lounge chairs. What, a lounge chair, a yeah. A lounge, you can like lie sideways. A chaise. Yeah, a chaise lounge. Chaise. But this is the thing, like, you know, the, you know we, sorry, we, go ahead. We, I want to talk about sportsmen in this too. We're not just talking about leaders in business. We're talking about athletes. You know, I work with so many athletes and their managers aren't giving them the tools to make good decisions, to ask questions to be inquisitive, to to think. They just, you know, they just perform. But it's life isn't about performing. Life is about being present and being conscious. Well, and I think it's a balance. I mean, um, I'm interested in being around people who perform. As a matter of fact, people who don't perform aren't going to do well around me. No, but, but it's a blend. Yeah, it's the combination of results and character. And it sounds maybe like a high bar, but that's the bar. Why do you think it's a high bar? Why do you feel well, that you sound high people, for people? I, I think a lot of people aren't. Yeah, but that's you just know, because we're it, it, not. Look, if I give you a simple example, yeah, my friend Alyssa. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy you have a friend, by the way, because I was worried about you the other day. I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, she's she's my one. Her and her husband Mike are my two friends, <laughs> and the and the girls, the chickens. Yeah, I have six hens, and they like me. But you know, <laughs> I'm just what, what are they going to do about me anyway? Like they're they're five pounds. I outweigh them by 180 pounds. Uh, anyways, I digress. My friend Alyssa, she is a nurse in the baby ward, the mm-hmm. whatever, I don't know what that's called, maternity but whatever that is, whatever. maternity. And she does a lot of the like, you know, spooky cases. And anyway, so she's a baby nurse, right? She's an extraordinary wife. She's, she's an incredible friend. 
She's a great surfer. She's my favorite person in the world to share a wave with because she surfs goofy, so facing left, and I, I, I surf regular, so facing right. So if I'm on the inside of her, that is to say she's looking back at me, and uh, we can essentially dance on the wave together. And she's the mother of two spectacular boys. Uh, she's a great sister because I know her sister, and I know that's what she thinks. And I know her parents, and they think she's a great kid. And so here's my point. That's who I want to be friends with. That's who I want to hang out with. Having a beer with Alyssa is fun. Going surfing with Alyssa is fun. Hanging out, you know, doing what... But what makes it fun is, is she fun to hang out with in that moment? Absolutely. And I have tremendous respect and admiration for who she is as a a human being. She's, She's everything. Yeah. She's the whole bar. Yeah. And that's why I want to be with her. Yeah. But I think, by the way, her husband is exactly the same way. Yeah. And he's one of my best friends in the world. And I feel exactly the same way about him. And so how much time do I want to spend with them? A lot. And and that's the thing. I think what the basis of this whole discussion is, don't be afraid to engage in your world. And if you're feeling stressed out and you're overwhelmed with finances, you've overborrowed, you've overstepped, you've overworked, you're overwhelmed with just what to do next. And you're like, well, this is all well and good, Nikki and Chris, because you guys, you know, you're in your little microphone on your studio and you go surfing and you meet on Fiji Islands and you do Tim McGraw and and you have chickens. (laughs) And, and, you know, I ride my cruiser bike for coffee, but I'm saying everyone listening to this, you can absolutely do what you love as well and work hard and that can be an extension and a blend you just have to figure out what lights you up and it's not what lights you up by others what lights you up first right and that congruence and just for the record for the that's easy for me to say crowd oh yeah okay yeah not so much wait this isn't how the movie started yeah okay the movie started like divorced parents at five all right dyslexic bipolar Got thrown out of school at 18 for being stupid, did not graduate high school, okay? Then I started a company, and I figured some shit out. Yeah, so so this didn't happen by accident. I wasn't smoking pot and drinking beer in the basement because, you know, my family left me some giant inheritance. That's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I, I think this, I wanted to put a pop-up on my site where you click. So my firm belief is that there are two types of people in life, people that life does stuff to or people that do things with life. You have to figure out what camp you sit in and you have to be able to identify that in others around you as well. So if you're listening to this, every single person you meet will have a story. Every single person you meet will go, hey, I went through that as well in some form of capacity. You're not alone in your struggles. What you are responsible for is the filter that you see what comes across your path. It's the curiosity to think differently. And as I always say with my mantra, think like a CEO, plan like a visionary, act like a Buddha. So whatever happens to you, what are the facts and stats? Divorce the story. And is it a massive thing that will affect you for years to come? Or is this just a tiny issue that really isn't worth stressing about? I mean, have some perspective. I always say to my team, are we being shot at? Do we have a roof over our heads? Are we healthy and wise? Then we're going to be okay. And the last thing is act like a Buddha. Like There is absolutely no reason to run around and excuse the pun, Chris, like a headless chicken. Because, yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't having a dig at the girls. But I find that people get caught up in stories and stress that's really just this this 
internal conversations, 75% of the conversations we have are on our heads, 150% for women. So please stop the discussion. If you're worried about something, put it on the crap list. So a hot list and a crap list, write it down and assign a task to it. If you're in the middle of your career, you're starting out, you don't know what you're doing, you're at uni listening to this. I know we've got 85 countries listening to this, Chris, and all walks of life. You are a leader no matter where you sit. So we hope that today's show, and I'm just going to wrap up with three top tips from Chris and three from myself on what to do when you look up and you're like, far out. I kind of lost my way a little bit. So let's give the listeners here three tips on what to do when they get derailed and they're not sure of where to go next. What would be your three most important things you would immediately do given that situation? Tips from Chris. Well, there's only two problems in life or business, knowing what to do and doing it. Those are the only two problems. So when we're stuck, when I'm stuck, I say to myself, okay, self, is this a knowing what to do problem or is this a doing it problem? Ooh. So I, I'll give you a simple, pro, a simple example, right? There are very few people on planet Earth who need any more information about what they need to do to lose weight if they want to lose weight, right? There's a lot of information about that. Stop eating as much, exercise more, you'll lose weight, right? It's not that complicated. So that's a doing it problem. And so we have to get real with ourselves. And I think what we find is, are there knowing it problems? Absolutely. But I think for most of us, the ones that make us crazy are the doing it problems because we're not doing it and we know we should be doing it. And at least that's what's true for me. Yeah. And so, you know, your self-reflection, is this a knowing what to do or is this a doing it issue? I, I get out of my own way. And then the other thing I just want to touch on, and I know that we've spoken about this offline and in person together, the importance of reaching out. And and we'll talk about this in the next episode, but I want to give a little nod in your direction to the, to the connections and the friendships and the mateships that help navigate through and put things into perspective, because I think we don't lean in enough anymore. And how would you say to someone that it's not about being famous, it's about being real? to lean into your friends and as a guy to turn up because we've, we've opened up this whole are you okay mental health discussion here in Australia and definitely I know it's in America, but nobody knows what to do when someone says, no, I'm not. So yeah. what can we do for someone when you say, hey, mate, are you okay? And they go, you know what? I'm freaking not okay. I've got some tips on that. But Chris, what's the first thing you think you can do for a friend in need? Yeah. So I think um, my experience is show up yeah. and listen. It's very rare that someone says, hey, thanks for talking. But we are m much more apt to hear, thanks for listening. You might be the first person in 18 months who listened to that person. I, I don't know if you ever do this. I know, Nikki, you talk a lot about being present, which I think is such a powerful thing to talk about. Go to, I, I try to do this with myself. You go to the grocery store and you're checking out at the grocery store. And like, don't be on my phone and be a douche. Be checking out at the grocery store and say hello to the person behind the counter and look them in the eye and smile at them and be a little friendly with them. Make a little, you know, small talk with them. Who cares? Like, just be a human being with somebody for, for a second. And I know that may sound like a very trivial example, but like, you might be the, if you listen to the cashier, you might be the first person to listen to that person in a long time. And so with a friend in need, they say, hey, no, I'm not okay. I'm really effing not good. You say, okay, great. I'm coming over. Yeah. And I'm going to listen. 
Yeah. And I love that. You know, the most important thing we can do for anyone else is to make them feel significant, is to give them your time. It's not money. It's not gifts. It's not extravagant gestures. It's it's one-on-one. It's looking them in the eyes. It's just being sitting next to them. And Mark Trulson that was on my show, I'll introduce you to him. You know, his mates flew over from New York and they sat with him until he could get himself off the sofa and out of this depression. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah, don't have I've to had, be a I've psychologist. Had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I've had men in my life who've had to get me off the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. Like I am not I am not a self-construction. Huh. Yeah, yeah, no, none of very far from it. No, but I, yeah, but people act like they are. Like so well, uh, that's we why I'm this chat up because I think we want to break open that. Yeah, so by way of example, we had this guy named Eric Weinmeyer on Legends and Losers and he summited Everest, he summited the, the seven summits. He solo kayaked the Grand Canyon. He's done a whole bunch of other incredible extreme athletic adventures. And he's blind. And as we're talking, he's so incredibly awesome. At one point, I get to exactly this, Nikki. And I say to him, you know, Eric, you could play a character. Like you are a character. Like you're going to be like a myth. Like Batman's a myth. Like (laughs) that there was this guy who was blind who did all this insane stuff. Mm. And then, oh, by the way, made this huge contribution to the world through his foundation to inspire, you know, many thousands over time, which is what he's focused on now is No Barriers Foundation. But, But what I said to him was, and this is what the point is, I said, Eric, you could play a character because you're you're gonna end up being a myth. You could be this macho, this you could be a character, and you're the exact opposite of that. And he said, Thank you. And then he said to me, and you know what? The world doesn't need any more bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, this I think this is this is what's so cool. You and I could sit and talk for hours on this stuff. But what I want to do is, you know, Chris, the connectivity to real issues with the vision to create remarkable results is what we're all about. So it's like, you know what? Nobody said there was a fast track. It's not like the Jetsons where you can be beamed from one to the other. And if that is like that and you do get, you know, projected and propelled, propelled like, you get this tipping point and all of a sudden you take off. Do not forget where you came from. Do not forget the people around you. Do not forget the ripple effect and that you have an impact. Whether you're paying for something, put your phone down and say thank you. Random acts of kindness every day. Lead in life how you would like to be treated and do not take, do not wait. Do not go, well, I'll do that when I've had a holiday or I'll wait till I got through this busy period at work or I'll spend more time with my kids when now, you know, you literally will have no more time than you do right now. Like I'm just a physical fact. Yeah. And I used to have a slide in my keynotes where people could calculate how many days they averagely would have left to live based on people. People got too depressed because I wanted to prove the point. Stop (laughs) wasting time. You know, and someone said to me, I just posted it on Instagram on my story cues with Nikki. They said, how the heck do you get up at five o'clock every morning when you just finished at 11 filming and you look like you're an energizer buddy? And it is because I have this combination of character and qualifications, exactly what Tony was talking about, what you're talking about. And we encourage you, you know, Chris, you're on my show because you're a true reflection of of authenticity. So carve out your space, people. If you're listening, who are you? What do you create? What's your secret source? Bring that into your job. Communicate with people you work with. Spend some time with your kids. Put the iPad down. Go play with the chickens, whatever it is. Pick up a surfboard. But this is the time you have to create the life that you love now. Don't wait for someone to come and give you a magic wand. Life after awesome means you start what you're working on right now. And I've put Chris to sleep.
No. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and this is a show for people who do things with life. So if you're serially buying books, downloading podcasts, going to conferences and nothing is changing, it's probably because you're not doing the work. The one thing that separates those that are truly successful from the ones that are the dreamers are the shitty hard work bits in between, the stuff you want to wrap your chops around, that you want to like lie in paperwork. That's- that's this the other secret stuff, right? Yeah, that so is like people the gritty take that stuff, stuff, and they just well, no, that you know the book, the secret, right? Oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and no, but so what I'm saying is that in you know in that book, it's all about intentionality and so forth. And there are people who can take it to this place where it's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to sit here and drink beer in and my manifest. parents' basement till I'm. 57 years old being intentional about like all this stuff happening. No, right? There there's yeah. there's there's a correlation and and you know the other thing I've learned when I was young it drove me crazy when people said it, it's it's the journey not the destination. It, because I was somebody who needed some destination in my life. But what I've learned now is the destination is not the reward. We all need some destination. You know, we have this expression in Canada where I'm originally from, where we say, you know, you got to put some moose on the hood. Absolutely. We need to put some moose on the hood. And the real reward is the journey. And, and that's the big aha. The reward is we get to have a life and a career or business of our design. That's the reward. Yeah. And the, and the reward is, and you know, everyone's going to pick up a word depending on where they sit. So if you tell them to enjoy the journey and they want the destination, the GPS coordinate for the end, then, you know, I think it's this patience. And, and well, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting, you know, so for example, surfing, I think is an incredible oh, a analogy. analogy. Yeah. Because no one's ever going to pay me to surf. No one's ever even going to sit and watch me surf. It's not that interesting. <laughs> But we've, we've shared a wave together. That was pretty fun. We have. That was fun. Uh, actually, I think we've shared more than one wave together. Go but I, I, dig, I digress. I think you kicked me off my board once, didn't you? Well, let's not bring that up on the show. So, All right. But yeah. But, but, but here's you're right. The point. Surfing is a great analogy for enjoying the journey and growing. There's no, for me, there's no reward in the sense of there's no prize. There's no medal. And so... I don't, I don't know if you've seen this amazing movie called Happy. It's a documentary on yeah. the data science around what makes people happy. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I highly recommend it. And one of the things that gets distinguished is intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. And so the interesting thing about all of this is, you know, the extrinsic can feel rewarding. The title. But it's you know, a bit whatever. like sugar. It's short-lived. Kind of. Yeah. No, it's, you know, some of it, listen, if you win the equivalent of an Academy Award in your industry, look, look, those things are important. I I get that. And I've had, you know, my versions of that and, and that's very, very cool. You know, it's like I, I, well, I there's a certain I, element of recognition, which is nice when you when you're being recognized for your work and your quality. So I agree with that. But it's a blend. I'm not, I'm not, you know, shitting on that. And the stuff with intrinsic value as its primary motivator is the stuff that really drives us. We do it because we want to do it. Yeah. Right? And I think people I do struggle to find that. Because I want to do it. There's but, no monetization plan. There's no, I'm not selling it. I'm not. There's nothing. I mean, you know, you know what it is that comes back to the doing it. Like uh, a lot of people think it's really cool to have your own show or to do this or that, but you just got to do it. 
Like if you really want, if you really want to, I said this to a girlfriend of mine the other day. It doesn't matter how educated a guy or a girl is, or what the history is now, or how people connect. If someone really wants to meet someone, to spend time with someone, to be in their life, they'll make it happen. If you really want to do something, you will make it happen. So get goals that do the three hours of goal setting. Do they resonate? Are they relevant? And are they real time? Otherwise, they're just things on pieces of paper, which is a to-do list. So the intrinsic and extrinsic motivation are based around those three things. Like if you're thing that you love, it does not light you up, chances are you're not going to do it. So if you're trying to lose weight and you're doing it by going to the gym and you hate gyms, change your script, just start walking. So if you don't really legitimately want to do it, it won't happen. So ask yourself, do you legitimately want what you think is your goal? Or is it just a big fluffy idea that you've seen someone else do? Do you legitimately want to put your time into that? It comes back to 1,440 minutes a day. What do you want to do with it? Where do you want to spend it? Who do you want to hang out with? What do you want to create? What the heck are you going to do with it? Because we all have the same number of hours and minutes, but you need to make a choice of what really you want to do blended with what we have to do in terms of life responsibilities. You know, we have to do certain things. We can't just check off the grid at certain times. There are just certain things we have to do that are unpleasant, like tax. <laughs> but anyway, Chris, you know what? You have, tripled, you have tripled my episode, my express episode time because you're just so goddamn interesting. And 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 I just I, I, I just warned you, you, it's very hard for me to say anything in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, I just think this is special, and I think you're special. And and I don't mean that in a window looking way. I mean that in um, <laughs> in a what way? <laughs> oh dear, that's just a really really bad joke. But what what is important? In a what way? <laughs> What is important for me and having influences on my show like you is the the ability to have a conversation and to to enlighten those that are listening and to share that everyone's got a journey and to give you guys a different perspective and to go, well, hey, you know what? Have I thought about that? So remember, if you're going through challenges, uh, is it about knowing what to do or are you just not doing the work? Are you doing your winning winks? Do you know what your 90-day plan is? Are you the CEO of your business and your life? Are you just like complaining that nothing's happening? So if you're not taking control and you're not putting the work in, you're not going to get the results. And then are you carving time out to connect with your intrinsic rewards as well as your extrinsic rewards? Do you know what makes you happy? You know, is it a gin tonic on the balcony after a surf? Is it spending time with your wife and your loved ones? Don't run through life and not pause to reflect because what might have been your deepest value 10 years ago, chances are it's changed. What might have been important to you, you know, three weeks ago, chances are it could have changed. So just like you make a a calculated business plan or you make a marketing plan or whatever it is, don't forget to plan for you personally as well as professionally. And if you need help, Leave us comments on the Vitality Coach podcast on vitalitycoach.com.au on Legends and Losers as well. And we'll have some comments available on YouTube for the next episode. We're having such technical episode issues with this stupid video today, but the Rode podcast mic is working perfectly. Aren't they great? These uh, these Rode microphones? Yeah, I just, um, you know, you know what? Somehow great? yours looked better on you than mine on me. I'm still a bit annoyed <laughs> that I couldn't get like a white uh, you know, shock mount for it. Oh, do they not make the white shock mounts? No. So, Road, if you're listening, could you please make an aluminium or a, a white shock mount? So an aluminium? A what? <laughs> aluminium. An alloy. <laughs> well, Christopher Lockhead from Legends and Losers, you are a legend and you are just a terrific human. You are uh, sprightly, 
character-driven, determined, wise, hilarious, connected, engaging, and visionary. And it is just wonderful to have you on my show. (laughs) I'm humbled that you are here. Al Ramadan, if you're listening to this, you'll be shaking your head, I'm sure, uh, having a good old giggle. But it's just a privilege to have you on the show, Chris. So lasting, parting, one mantra that you want to share with our guests. Nikki? (laughs) Yes, Chris? Are you listening closely? I'm listening closely. I love you. Oh, it's mutual, mutual admiration. Thank you. It's great to it's great to see you, and it's great to be with you on the show. Thank you so much. And where can people hop on and find more about Legends and Losers and all these incredible guests you've been talking about? Legendsandlosers dot com. And that is Christopher Lockhead. Uh, we're going to have Chris back on the show to talk about the art of category design, playing bigger, and why you should not let people come into your office unless they're bringing their A game. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to the Vitality Coach podcast, Vitality Coach TV, and the show all about helping you be the CEO of your business and your life. Remember, you will never have more time than you do right now, so use it wisely. Choose those you hang out with, love what you do, and be conscious and present. It's an incredible life. Happy day to you all listening. Thank you for tuning in. And we would love your review on iTunes. To those listeners with questions, we appreciate it. We love you. And thank you for giving us purpose in what we do as well. You stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we love your review on iTunes. Or jump online to thevitalitycoach.com.au for more from Nikki to sign up for the Monday Mojo and the Vitality Coach TV on YouTube.